been a minute since we had a podcast. October was pretty busy. Had a couple of birthdays. Had my birthday, my mother's birthday. And shout out to my mother. She actually graduated with her master's from Grand Canyon University. So it was a little busy, but we back and better than ever with a podcast. LeBron critic, he is missing every day, but trust me, he'll be back because NBA season started. So you know he got plenty to say about LeBron already. <laughs> and speaking of the NBA, that's where we're going. We're going to pop it off. Obviously, we missed... Uh, like I said, about a month. So there's a lot, a lot that went on. The Cowboys and had like nine different nine seasons in one every week. They either <laughs> winning the Super Bowl or they or they need to tank for two. <laughs> you had the NBA NFL trade deadline, which apparently has become a thing. So there's a there was a couple of trades in the trade deadline we'll talk about. The Cowboys actually made a trade, but like I said, we got start. We we are going to start with some NBA talk, and we're gonna talk about what everybody's been talking about that just happened recently. And that is the in quotation marks fight between Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. Now, as you know, Scott, on this show, we're here for all of the petty. So we're not even I'm not even really interested in the so-called fight because if you've seen the video, it was more of a wrestling match than a fight. But the ensuing petty afterwards is what I am here for, and I know you're here for the petty. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, you just don't go at don't go at it with Jolene with Bead on social media. So you're not going in. So that's I'm glad you mentioned that. We obviously we're gonna pop off the show with a, with a, one of our most popular segments of Who Did Petty Better, and to get everybody caught up, they have no idea what we're talking about. Like I said, the NBA season just started. I think it's like the second week, and Carl Anthony Towns is a big man for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and obviously we talked about Joel Embiid a lot on this show, so. He is the center for the Philadelphia 76ers. And I don't even know. They were playing against each other. I don't even know what happened. They got into it. And then in the video, they, you see two big seven-footers grappling, putting their arms around each other, and they go to the ground. And then you see Ben Simmons apparently. Apparently, he, the rest called him a peacemaker. He had um, <laughs> he had Carl Anthony Towns in the chokehold. I, I didn't know that was, that was peacemaking. But apparently, he was the peacemaker, the mediator in the situation. <laughs> And so afterwards, here comes the pity. And Spot, you know, this is your job to be the judge. So I'm, I'm going to lay out the, the two what happened on social media. You tell me which one of these players did petty better because they both were throwing petty shots. So after the game, obviously during the during the game, they both got ejected. And Carl Anthony, not Carl Anthony now, and B was doing his best wrestling impersonation. He was hyping up the crowd. He was doing the come on. He was acting like he was doing shadow boxing, even though there was literally no punches thrown in the fight. And apparently, as he was walking out, did you see that Carl Anthony Towns' parents was giving him the middle finger? (laughs) Yes, Carl Anthony Towns' parents was giving Joel Embiid the middle finger when he was getting kicked out. And so after the the game, Joel Embiid, who, mind you, before the season told Rachel Nichols that he was done talking trash and he was just going to focus on winning the championship. That didn't last long. (laughs) So after the game, he posted on Instagram, "Great great team win. I was raised around lions and a cat. Pulled on me tonight. For those of you who don't know, Crown Anthony Towns' nickname is Cat K A T. And B wrote in the, uh, wrote in the caption referring to Town. Oh, I already, I already said that part. And he mentioned he added at Jimmy Butler. I miss being part of the th- or the third stringers. I got his mom giving middle finger. That's what I was talking about. That's some real serious estate. And the pettiness was throwing in the Jimmy Butler. So without getting too far into it, Jimmy Butler played for both teams. He was on Timberwolves. He got traded to the Sixers. And obviously, he didn't talk to Jimmy Butler about Carl Anthony Towns because Jimmy Butler felt like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins was soft, in his words. 
And so you got him putting in Jimmy Jimmy Butler, calling him the third stringers as when they when Jimmy Butler beat the Philadelphia 76ers, I mean the Timberwolves team with third stringers and apparently didn't pass, didn't shoot the ball once. So you got that. And Carl Anthony Towns decided to respond, which I was surprised. I didn't think he would say nothing, but he actually responded. And his was I liked his picture. He was a picture of did you see it? Of Joel and Bean when he was crying in the playoffs. <laughs> and he said, I ain't no raised around lions. And it's a picture of Joel and Bean crying. <laughs> Not to mention a bunch of cap emojis and a bunch of clown emojis. <laughs> <laughs> and so the last post was by Joel and Bean, which I guess two, two for one. I guess that's not really fair, but we're going to read it anyway. So he was like, that tough guy ain't going to cut it. He says, you know what you are. You know you know what you always been. He said a P word. Say it louder for the people in the back. You've been kicking your butt and pretty and pretty please make the playoff before you talk. It's the only thing I owned you. Which I highly doubt we're going to see a Minnesota Timberwolves uh, <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers final. So that ain't, that ain't even going to matter. But Mr. Petty Aficionado, from those the first two posts, who did Petty better, Jordan Embiid or Carl Anthony Towns? Well, the thing you got to keep in mind here is expectations. Okay. So, Joel Embiid is a known social media sniper, which means that his expectations is always going to be way higher than what anybody else's is. But for Carl Anthony Towns to come that strong and after they would call him soft and people didn't even think he was going to fight in the first place... People been questioning his heart, questioning his toughness. Based off of that, I still got to give it to Joel Embiid. Oh, I thought you was going. You go, you do. You hit me with the play fake, play action. I smooth thought you was going with Carl Anthony Towns. I still got to go with, with Joel Embiid, but in the words of Lee Corso, closer than the experts think. <laughs> okay, that's what's up. I thought I, I like that. I'm pretty sure this will not be the end. We see of those two because I'm because I'm sure that when they play again, the next game is going to be crazy and. Both of them got suspended for two games, and so there, there goes that. So, like I mentioned, the NBA season has started, and you apparently have made it your mission to pay even more attention to the NBA. So, how are you liking what you've been seeing so far in the first couple of weeks? What you is anything kind of caught your eye? Well, first and foremost, what's caught my eye is that you. It's hard to watch a lot of NBA games if you don't got NBA TV. So, I'm not as big a basketball head as you are, but for those of you who are basketball heads, you got to get NBA TV because it's a whole, it'd be like, uh, the other day it was like 10 games on, I couldn't watch none of them. Obviously, being a Mavs fan and living in Dallas, the main thing I've seen mostly is Mavs games, which I'm very uh, pleased with the Mavs progress. Uh, They're still very much a young team, but they're a deep team, and they play as a team, and it's like... Even though Luca and Christos Porzingis are the main two stars, every night, you know, somebody else is going to wreck. Like, it's somebody else's turn. In the most recent game, they had, like, uh, nine or ten or whatever it is, people in double figures. Um, the main reason I became more interested in it is just that I like this. I like it how it is. Like, I don't – I didn't like when it was a super team and it was a foregone conclusion because it felt like the whole season was just – Pointless. Oh, okay, we're just waiting until we get to the Warriors in the finals. Yep. Like, can we just hit fast forward on this? Like, sim all these games because it's not going to matter because it's going to be the Warriors in the finals anyway. But this year, you know, it's truly anybody's ball game. Like, you got 
you can make a good case for about six or seven teams coming out the West. And in the East, you can make a, t- a case for like three or four different teams coming out the East. So based on all of that, it's been very entertaining to watch. The most entertaining and the most fun I've had watching. You want to know a team I've had the most fun watching? Who? The Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Boy, the Golden State Warriors looking so trash. And the before we even get to their most recent blow to their season, before before all of that, they they lost to the Phoenix Suns at one point in the game. They had fourteen whole points in the second quarter, and then it in like two minutes after that, it was fifty to like nineteen. They got. They were down by like almost forty to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They do not have Russell Westbrook, by the way. In case you guys forgot, their starting point guard is Chris Paul now. They were down by forty to that team, and they had just been getting thoroughly smashed since the season started. They got one win where they literally had to score like a million points to win the game, and in their last game, Steph Curry, two-time MVP, three-time NBA champion. Broke his left hand, and he's going to be out for three-plus months. Their season's over. I mean, yeah. we can call it, right? Their season's over. Yeah. They, they take it for tour. Like, their season is over. Like, like there, there's nothing they can do. They're not winning no – they're not making no playoffs. They're not about to make no noise with Draymond Green and, and D'Angelo Russell. They're not about to do it because the rest of their team is not good. You want to know what was weak about it, too, was the fact that on the first day of Inside the NBA – Charles basically said they wouldn't make it. Charles Barkley <laughs> said they wouldn't make it playoffs, and everybody looked at him like he had steaming turds hanging out of his mouth. Yeah, not only did he did he say that they weren't gonna make the playoffs. The I don't know if it was the next day or the same day, but they were in. I think it was the next day because the next day they went to they went to go to state because they opened up a brand new arena. Ooh wee, them high seats. And they team gonna be trash, Ooh-wee. so they was at the arena and they had Clay Thompson on the halftime because you know he's in, he's another fallen warrior. He's injured for the season, and my man Charles Barkley told Clay Thompson to his face that they weren't making the playoffs. And Charles Clay Thompson, obviously, he being the teammate, he's like, man, I think our young players gonna be able to step up. And Chuck was like, nah, they not gonna be able to do nothing. Man. Y'all ain't making the play. <laughs> it was so funny, man. And it's so bad because it's so true. Like even if everything, even if Steph hadn't gotten hurt, it was still gonna be an uphill climb. Cause like you said, that's getting like that game against the Suns. You undersold it. They were down by twenty nine in the first quarter. <laughs> quarter. There's teams that don't score twenty nine points in a quarter, <laughs> and they were down twenty nine in the first quarter. <laughs> like they've been bro. so sorry, bro. They can't. They they defense bro. is terrible, and they clearly cannot score. So. The Warriors about to be back to back to a bottom feeder, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna enjoy it. I was so tired of seeing them be great, and now I finally get to. And I'm not the only one. Twitter is loving it. Every time they lose, and I go on Twitter, and it's so funny to retweet and see all the memes about everybody being gifted. They sorry. Yeah, but if there is a silver lining for Warriors fans, if they are still Warriors fans, um, I think what they need to do is they need to just go on ahead. And whatever the long end of the Curry injury is, because they say it's going to be at least three months. Well, if it's a three to six month injury, he need to be gone for the six. They need to just go on ahead and be like, okay, well, we're going to be sorry. Uh, let's go ahead and trust this process. And I, I don't watch enough college basketball to know if, who's coming out, but they need to get as high draft pick as they can because they're going to need to replace some of this talent and quickly. Yeah, unfortunately, even though they lost their players, they still got a front office. So I feel like 
they really set up to win because they they really it's gravy. Yeah, they 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 team is about to go through a sorry season, but they're gonna get a high draft pick, and I trust their front office to make a good selection and develop them. So it ain't all it ain't all sad for for the worst fans. Y'all had enough fun. Y'all can have a season or two where y'all sorry. It's okay. You know who's gonna be pissed though? Who? The D'Angelo Russell. Oh well, you know he finally come to a team and they about to be out here poochies. <laughs> Boo boo. He left the Nets and they're gonna be real when he yeah. get back. And he went to the Warriors who just got done being in four or five straight finals or whatever it was, and they about to be sorry. <laughs> Can't win for losing. He cannot win for losing. What I thought you was gonna mention when I teed you up for for how you for the for your thoughts. I thought you was gonna gonna give us I guess you can't call it a high take, but I thought you was gonna put your um your Kawhi observations on wax. Listen, I don't understand why people have such a problem with this. It's not a hot take. It's not me trying to get clicks or ratings or anything. It's just the truth. Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the NBA. And that includes LeBron and that includes Kevin Durant. It's that simple. The last time I saw with my eyes Kawhi Leonard being on the foot on the court was bringing a championship to the Toronto Raptors. And the Clippers took the fully loaded Warriors with KD to four games or to seven games before uh, before Kawhi got there. And you mean tell me this team added Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and like, bro, no, Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the NBA. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> well, now you, you got it on wax. I will not confirm or deny. I don't know how I feel about feel about it because I know how LeBron play. He like to like to see how see how the the see feel out his teammates. What I'm trying to say, you got a whole new squad, and so that first game, LeBron just, LeBron just wasn't aggressive, and you can't really take one game and say, oh, he the best. So I mean, I feel what you're saying about Kawhi because Kawhi is a dog. If he not if he not the best, he right under there. But we we'll, we we'll, we definitely will find out this year who's gonna own that license. They in the same building, but um. Now for some nonsense. Oh, you had something else to say about Kawhi? Well, and my only other thing to say about Kawhi is, like, the man ended two super teams. Because if you really look at it, he ended the Super Heat, and then he ended the Warriors. That's true. The man dismantled two super teams. And, you know, theory is that he might have ended the Warriors dynasty before it began if he didn't get hurt by Zsa Zsa when he was on the Spurs. (laughs) That's so true. So, I, 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 I rock with Kawhi. It's funny because... I obviously he he used to play for the Spurs, so I didn't like him. But ever since he left the Spurs, I've become a bigger and bigger and bigger Kawhi fan. And I will I will admit, it is cool and fun to watch him play because he's just so good and he does it on both ends of the floor and he's just so smooth with it. So I feel you, quiet quiet is cold. Well, and the other thing, and the whole San Antonio thing. This last thing I say about it, I think what got my respect is he was the first person to break that. I want to say that San Antonio mind control. Like, he was the first person to go to this. Because, you know, San Antonio is one of those programs like the Patriots, like Alabama, where, you know, we got a crotchety old coach and you come here, you got to straighten up and fly right and be, you know, robotic and you got to do what we tell you to do type thing. And after his injury, I was like, bump that. I don't want to be here anymore. Get me out of here, and they shipped him off to Canada thinking that was going to be the end of Kawhi Leonard, but he won a championship in Canada and said, I want to be in L.A. So he got to L.A. Yeah, that that he did. So 
Now let's talk about some nonsense. We got to talk about some funny. So I guess it was the summertime, the big social media thing with the Popeye's chicken sandwich between Chick-fil-A and Popeye's. Well, we got we got news. The Popeye's chicken sandwich is coming back. Hey. hey, it will be back on Sunday, November 3rd. And, and it's going to be permanent. And it's going to be permanent. And it's funny because obviously they're doing it on Sunday, so that's clearly a troll job at Chick-fil-A. And so I, I don't know if I, if I talk they didn't about, even think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's on They bring it back on Sunday, which they're clearly trolling Chick-fil-A like that. I didn't even, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but I my, my thing was they did our list for marketing. But apparently, bruh, they ran out of bread. <laughs> Bread. <laughs> they, so I guess they got enough bread now. They got enough bread for the for the sandwiches. I mean, they're first of all, they can't serve the sandwich on them dry ass biscuits. This <laughs> I, and I love Popeyes. Don't think that that is a shot as Popeyes, but Popeyes, your biscuits are super hella dry. <laughs> so they can't serve it on those, and they're a chicken place. They're not a chicken sandwich place. So I mean, it makes sense to me that they ran out of bread. Well, speaking of that sandwich, did you hear about a man in Tennessee that is literally suing Popeyes? Oh, I read the I read the note. You read the note? Well, not not the whole note, but I read a large portion of the note. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the general a general what I know, and I guess you can fill us in on anything any other any other funny details that you have from being being informed. I'm glad you read about this. So yes. Listeners, you heard me right. There is a man in Tennessee that is apparently suing Popeyes for $5,000 for emotional distress and for wear and tear on his car because he said that he had to drive around looking for Popeyes and he got emotional distress from his friends laughing at him when he couldn't find it. What? Sounds about white. <laughs> Bruh. Like, what? Like, how, 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 Sway? And this man got a court date, too. I mean, here's the thing. This is a cultural thing. And I'm not trying to be racist when I say this, but I work in a job where I deal with customer service. You will be surprised what people, 90% of them being white, will sue you for. (laughs) (laughs) Or will threaten to sue you for, at least. So I was not surprised by this story at all. And like you said, the story I saw showed like he didn't even have, you know, you want to sue somebody. You want to get something official drawn up on some letterhead. You want to have, <laughs> a, uh, you want to have like a lawyer draw something. He wrote this, he scribbled this out on notebook paper. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> he had like the loose leaf notebook paper that you had when you were in like middle school. And he had written up this whole thing ranting and raving talking about you know went to several different locations <laughs> everybody was out um, false advertising y'all said y'all were gonna have this uh, y'all uh, artificially you know lowered the supply so that Boy. people couldn't get it and you could um, you know amp up your numbers and all this other type of stuff and dude was just dude was hot and apparently he also was mad because he and his, he said he spent $25 he gave somebody on the internet $25 for somebody who said they was employees of Popeye's and they can get him some sandwiches they was hiding. I feel like that's your problem. Why would you give somebody $25 for a sandwich for a Popeye sandwich on the internet? I don't understand why people was doing that. Like, what Popeye sandwich is going to be good that you bought off eBay? Yep. Like, what? 
That doesn't even make any sense, bro. Although, I will say, if people actually did do that, like if you was an employee and you stashed some away for people, you probably made a killing. I mean, you're right. That's true. But, I'm pretty sure a lot of people, dumb people out there buying them, buying them crusty old dry uh, <laughs> uh, cold sandwiches off the internet. But I'm going to just say it like this, and this might be blasphemy. I don't know. But, you know, I had one before the whole social media apocalypse hit. It wasn't that. It it was fine. Look, it was fine. You're not gonna get no no blowback from me because I'm I'm the same way. I don't even know if I talked about it on the show. Like I literally had it. Like I saw the commercial. It was like a Sunday or something. I saw the commercial. And I was hungry. Like you know what? I'm gonna try that chicken sandwich. It was so new that it wasn't on the menu. And when I ordered it, the people at Popeyes didn't even know what I was talking about. They literally made me wait. And then I was like, oh okay, it's brand new. And I had to sit for like 20 minutes. At, at waiting for them to make it. And I got it. Yeah, it was good. But then once the social media thing happened, I was like, was this a, is it a new sandwich? I mean, no, I had one. No, it was the, the same, same one. one. And I was like, this came out like almost two months ago. And so just it's just funny just the power of social media. One person say one thing and it, it starts this craze. But well it just it proves FOMO is what it proves. The fear of missing out is real. And this obviously uh, this proves. I was somebody who got hit with FOMO uh, this year, Game of Thrones. I'd never seen Game of Thrones before a day in my life until, you know, friends of mine who have been watching it since it came out watched the last season. And, of course, I saw the reaction to the last season. And, I mean, not having had the previous episodes as background, I didn't really understand why everybody was mad. So, I mean, they got me too because I eventually went back and binged because – uh, thanks for my in-laws HBO Go. I actually went back and binged the whole series and like, oh, now I understand. So it's just the FOMO. That's all it is, is just FOMO. People fear, afraid of being out of conversation, afraid of missing out. Speaking of that, don't forget we got the Game of Thrones final final season last show recap coming up at the end of the show. We didn't forget. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, speaking of, 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 of people, I don't know. Actually, I said speaking of. We weren't talking about this at all. But shout out to the Washington Nationals on winning the World Series. They beat the Astros in Game 7. And that concludes our award-winning baseball coverage for the season on 7 Straight Podcast. Join us next week when we'll be covering when pitchers and catchers will report to training camp. And we'll be able to do it all over again because it seems like they'll be back playing next week because it seems like it never ends. Baseball's always going on. So, yeah, um, I'm just going to say two things about that. Number one, too many replays. Number two, too many unwritten rules. <laughs> Let's keep it moving. Now, um, oh, one last thing before we before we start talking about, uh, we're going we gonna to switch it up and talk about some football. It was one last thing I want to talk about in basketball. And unfortunately, since we didn't have a podcast, it's not as timely, but we can still, I still wanted to mention it. And we're going to put two people for pettiest person of the day. And I know you know about this because, like I said, when it happened, everybody was talking about it. But Shaquille O'Neal and Damian Lillard, they went back and forth for a little bit with some diss tracks. It started off when I think Damian Lillard was on some interview and they asked him about rapping. And I think they asked him if he was better than Shaq. And he told them, yeah, he was better than Shaq because when he rapping, it's like for real. But when Shaq rapping, it's like, oh, that's Shaq. And Shaq being the person who Shaq is, who's sensitive, he, of course, had to reply. So he came out of this track, and then Dan came out of this track, and then Shaq came out of another this track. 
So if you ain't get a chance, go listen to the diss tracks because they actually got they are funny. They got some bars. They are not safe for work, so <laughs> don't go to work and blast them. But check them out. They were pretty funny, and they they are pettiest pettiest people of the day because mm-hmm. they because they they was just so picked on so many petty shots. Who do you think won? That's a good question. Now I I didn't I, I didn't hear the Shaq's second diss track, but I listened to both of the first ones and. Damian Lillard's the production it it did sound like a, a a hip hop track a rap a rap track he has some good bars but I like Shaq's I like Shaq's Shaq's initial response the first one like he had he had some some low blows and he has some haymakers in there he was throwing some haymakers so if I had to pick one I'm gonna say a rare L for Dame Dollar I'm gonna go with Shaq in this one to me it depends on. What you look for in a rap beef. Because if you're looking for who was more entertaining, then I agree Shaq was clearly more entertaining. Mm-hmm. He had the beats behind it that people going to recognize. People going to recognize the Dr. Dre loop. Uh, I forgot what I forgot what the other loop, but he used another uh, loop that was like, uh, you know, a very known loop and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Dame was more cerebral, more lyrical, more... Uh, you know, if you're into the mechanics and the mm. musical ability and the talent aspect of it, then I feel like Dame is a better rapper than Shaq, but I feel I like agree. Shaq won the beef. I agree. I agree. That's <laughs> how I feel. I'm like, Dame was definitely a better rapper, but just in terms of entertainment and, and bars and haymakers, like Shaq was going crazy. Shaq, which would make sense because even though they both in the media, Shaq not playing. And so Shaq, I mean, yeah, he, I guess he got to worry about TNT, but he ain't got to worry about no team and team engine and, and all the other type of stuff. And Dame Dollar still got to some kind of way navigate though, navigate that. But anyways, if you didn't get a chance, check them out because they both were hilarious. Now we're about to switch to football. Before we get there, we had, we've been talking about this story on here for the past couple of weeks. And... We already knew it was gonna come. The NCAA, they done, they done swiftly about faced, and I guess it was about in September when California initially announced that they were gonna change the law and make it where student athletes could profit off their likeness and make money. And at first, the uh, NCAA was talking about, "Oh, this is, uh, I don't know the exact word. Basically, it's a threat to the system, and this is blah blah blah. And we're gonna take him to the Supreme Court, and we're gonna fight this and blah blah blah." Two months later, now we just gonna we're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna pass, we're gonna make it set up so we can go ahead and make it where players can go ahead and profit off their likeness and things like that. And surprise, I have I actually have I guess I haven't really been paying attention. I haven't heard too many people other than I guess I think Mitt Romney was on outside the lines saying stupid stuff, talking about he's worried about how it's going to look with athletes if they have a Ferrari driving on campus and how the other how the other uh, students going to feel. You think there's not students on campus already driving Ferraris? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, there's you already on the campus. Like, they, they just have no concept of what college life is. Like, there's plenty of people that's on college campus that are not athletes that flaunt their wealth that their parents have. So why do you think it's going to be a detriment? Oh, well, we can't let the student athletes do that because it's going to be so bad for the morale of everybody else. Like, it's just crazy talk. But I'm interested to see what's actually going to happen because it is NCAA. And they known for just saying something and not really following through or doing something and being so reactionary. And this obviously is a reactionary thing because they, they had the option and they could have been forward thinkers 
and could have been trendsetters and could have set the market up and been somebody who saw this coming. But instead, they do like they always done and show poor leadership and poor management and they just being reactionary. So honestly, I don't know what to think about this. It's cool. I hope it really happened. But I'm I'm in wait and see to see if it's actually going to happen. Because, again, it is NCAA. I think that they knew the tide was turning. That's really all this says to me is that the NCAA, you know, they might be crooked, but they're not stupid. Which, I mean, they clearly know that the tide and public opinion is turning against them. So it's going, it would behoove them to try and change with the tide rather than trying to be against the tide. Because once you're talking about states and possibly the federal government getting involved, that's a whole nother ball game. I mean, it's real easy to tell a bunch of uh, 18 to 20 year olds, you know, shut up and play or shut up and do what we tell you to do. It's a whole nother thing when you're trying to tell that to, um, uh, trying to tell that to senators and congressmen and presidents and this, that, and the third. So I think that we're just reaching a point in time where uh, all that's going on. But you know what? I don't want to talk about all that. I could do my victory lap and all this stuff because I called it, but I don't want to talk about that. What I want to talk about is what everybody else wants to talk about. This means that EA Sports needs yes! to come back NCAA. Yes, that's where I was going. Like, bro, yes, it's cool for all the economic and social issues, but bro, I'm here for what's it got to do with me, and what it has to do with me is, are we, when are we getting NCAA college football coming back? Because, bro, we need that EA. We need that EA. Please give give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. I don't even care if if you got to add whatever you got to add to make it mo, because we know how EA is. You know, they got to have their microtransactions or they get they get upset. If you got to have your little My Team mode where you spend $5 to get a Galaxy Opal Vintium or you spend, <laughs> you spend $10 to get a, you know, a Emerald Tebow or whatever, that's fine. That's cool. You can have that, all that. That's great, fine, dandy, all types of candy. Give me my online dynasty. <laughs> And I don't care what else you do with the rest of the game. You ain't even got to do nothing new. Just do a current-gen port of the last one you made, which was NCAA 14, and I'll be perfectly fine. Man. You ain't got to do no changes, no improvement, maybe some little gameplay tweaks outside of that. Cool. You could just even take the Madden engine as it is right now, the Madden 20 engine, and move that over to whatever new NCAA you got and, you know, move all the Dynasty stuff over. Cool. That's here's my sixty dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I, I like. I need. We need that. Like, I'm so you so right. I'm so glad you went there. We need that in our lives. Now let's talk about some NFL. We obviously missed like a, a, a lot of NFL games, obviously. So we're not really gonna get into too much week by week. Or this team did that. This team, that team did this and that. But we did just have the NFL trade deadline. So there was a couple of trades I wanted to talk about. What happened? What's funny? I was going to say, um, for a week, the Cowboys basically nuked the Eagles' locker room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. They sure did. They had, the, they had the Eagles going out there going. Man, the Eagles done almost had their season lost uh, like two times, and both times they done won. I know you're mad about that because they was, they was on the verge of their season being over on Thursday, and they beat the Packers, and then they lost to the Cowboys, and then, they, like you said, they nuked their locker room, and they went out there and blew out the Bills. I just wanted to bring that up because – we don't know any Eagles fans, thank God. <laughs> but if you do know Eagles fans, 
they can be just as reactionary, if not more so, than Cowboys fans. Bruh, I know you saw that video on Twitter on that and the Eagles fan and then bar with that with that <laughs> Eagles hat. And he was so sad, and the reporter told him, "Give us one more fly eagle fly." It was the saddest fly eagle fly. He was crying, and he 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 had like a little hat, and he pressed the button, and it was like a big eagle under the eagle flap, bruh. It was so sad. It was so hilarious, bro. Bruh. <laughs> You should have been there because my friend with pow- with the party passes came through. I was at the game. Boy, they was big mad. They was they was doing the whole you know Eagles chant and fly Eagles fly going in and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And then by the third quarter, they was all walking out. They were so pissed. You know they hate losing to they the was, Cowboys. They was pissed at the at the security people. <laughs> They were so mad at the secure, like little old black ladies who work at AT&T Stadium getting cussed out by Eagles fans. <laughs> That's hilarious, boy. They uh, were so mad. But the main thing I wanted to bring it up was just the funniest, one of the funniest things in the world, one of the best treasures is if you ever get a chance, you need to look up Philadelphia Radio the day after they lose to the Cowboys. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh, it be sounding like somebody died. <laughs> they were so mad. <laughs> like every single radio show, people calling up, cussing out Howie Roseman, the GM, cussing out Jeff Lee Lurie, the owner, basically saying, I don't, here's what I don't get. I don't understand if you hate the team that much. See, say what you want about Cowboys fans. We delusional, we reactionary, whatever you want to say about Cowboys fans. They show up. Consistently, the Cowboys have the top attendance and top ratings in the country every single game that they play. That's why everything we do is, you know, magnified times a thousand. But, you know, we don't show up to the game to boo our own team. Eagles fans be looking forward, I swear <laughs> to you, to when the team sucks so they can boo their own team. That don't make no sense. Like, bro. <laughs> that don't make no sense. Why am I going to pay these high-ass ticket prices Go pay however much it is to park in the actual field, and it be cold in Philadelphia. All that just to not only scream at fans of the other team, but boo my own team. Like, bro, what? <laughs> but the craziest part was the fact that they released Orlando Skandrick the day after that. And then he went on undisputed, and he had all the petty shots for everybody. <laughs> Boy, you would have thought he still played for the Cowboys when he was up there spilling all the beans on the Eagles. Boy, he was spilling all the tea. <laughs> all the tea. He was talking about Malcolm Jenkins. He was talking about why Dak is a better leaguer than uh, Carson Wentz. It was just that whole week until the sorry-ass Bills had to mess it up by losing to him. <laughs> so, the trade deadline passed, and... The NFL trade down is nothing like the NBA trade down, but trade deadline. But in recent years, it has been a little bit more movement, and we got some we got some movement this past this past year. And we stick with we can stick with the Cowboys because they made a trade. They traded for Michael Bennett, the defensive lineman. They got him from the Patriots, and I don't know what what the conversation was. It's not really important, but they got a de- defensive lineman to help with their pass rush. It was a seventh and. If he hits certain performance incentives, it can move up to a six. Oh, there you go. And they tried to trade for the Jets' safety, Jamal Adams, but apparently 
the Jets were asking too much, and so they didn't end up pulling the trigger on that. And I didn't even know Jamal Allen was from Texas. He's from the Dallas area, so he apparently would love to play for the Cowboys, in his words. So they tried to get him. That didn't happen, but they did get Michael Bennett. Obviously, the Cowboys have been on the box. So we haven't that's, seen any of this. That's so obligatory. Like, every single football player that ever has that's true. has come from Dallas, they always ask him, hey, how you think about playing for the Cowboys? Like... I went to, for those of you who don't know, I went to DeSoto, and I went to DeSoto and I was in the same graduating class as Von Miller. I actually had a few classes with Von Miller, you know, Super Bowl 50 MVP plays for the Broncos, Von Miller. And they've asked Von that question before, and like, what the hell do you think Von is going to say? He's from DeSoto, literally 30 minutes from Jerry World. Of course he's going to say he played for the Cowboys if he had a chance. <laughs> like, bro, what? What are you doing asking these players? Every player, oh well, you're from Dallas. Would you like to play for the Cowboys? Of course they would. And it's so funny. Duh. It's so funny because Cowboys fans want all the players. So every time it happened, it's just giving Cowboys fans more false hope. Because for a while there, it was AP who was coming to the Cowboys. Then it was then it was Earl Thomas, and now the next one gonna be Jamal Adams. As soon as his free agency comes out, our Cowboys fans go go get Jamal Adams. He want to play for us. Well, here's the thing about ET was that ET hit us with the okie doke. <laughs> And I'm not being petty because he went to UT. I'm just saying, he did hit us with the okie doke because of that game. I can't remember if it was the playoff game. Whatever game that was that we played against the Seahawks, it might have been the playoff game where he was going to be either in his last year of his contract or a free agent where he literally walked all the way from the visitor's locker room to our locker room, past our guys to tell Jason Garrett, hey, if you get a chance to come get me. <laughs> like that that was what the ET thing was. Like he hit us with the okie doke and then we was like, oh well you wanna play for us so bad? You trying to take a discount? No. Like, nah, <laughs> that ain't how it worked. Oh, oh you don't want oh you don't want to pay me that much? That's fine. I'll go play for Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. And speaking of them, they also made a trade. The, the team, I guess, that made the most moves is Los Angeles Rams. And they seem like the, they, they've been that team the past couple of years because they have been in win-now mode. And they have been acquiring players from every team. Oh, you, oh, he, they like the Patriots of the, uh, of the NFC. Oh, you don't want him on your team? You got a problem? We'll take him. Oh, oh you got disciplinary issues? Oh, that's cool. We'll take him. Oh, he was a bust on your team? That's cool. We'll take him. And so, they literally have blown out their starting corners. They made Subo. They traded both their starting corners. They traded the key to lead as best as salary done to the Miami Dolphins. I know he pissed. He's on IR, but I know he's pissed. And then they traded Marcus Peters, who they got last year or a couple of years ago from the Kansas City Chiefs. They traded him to the Baltimore Ravens. And then they went and they traded for Jalen Ramsey, who many will call either the best or the second best cover corner in the NFL because I think Stevon Gilman might be the best corner in the NFL right now but Jalen Ramsey he, he not won A he won B and they went and got him and they traded a key to leave so they can give him a big contract and I mean I guess obviously you're not a Rams fan but what did you think about Jalen Ramsey being able to trade because I thought it was interesting because obviously this whole season Jalen Ramsey been coming in saying hey I'm trying to get paid and Jacksonville obviously was tripping like they weren't going to pay him and he wasn't meshing with the front office and so, it's notoriously, we talk about how NFL players don't have that much leverage. And it seems like they're slowly but surely trying to be more player power centric, or at least trying to make the league turn more player power centric, kind of like the NBA is. Well, two things. As far as Jalen Ramsey himself, like, I thought that was a lot 
I mean, I know he, like you said, he's the second or third or uh, first or second best corner, depending on who you ask in the league. But they gave up two ones and a two for him, which to some teams, I guess, might be a lot. If you have a team that's been drafting relatively well recently, which last draft class notwithstanding, use the Cowboys as an example. Cowboys have been drafting pretty doggone well pretty uh, recently. So it makes uh, it makes a pick seem a lot more important than what it might be to a team who probably hadn't been drafted as well recently. But the reality of it is, is picks are lottery tickets. That like They call it the lotto in the NBA, not just because of the ping pong balls, but for a reason. That's literally what it is, is that you're banking on the fact that this unknown commodity may or may not turn out to be good. Whereas with some teams, if you know for a fact that you're close, and they know that they're close, we went to the Super Bowl last year, you know, you want to basically get something where you're at a point um, where it's a known commodity and you know that it's something that can help them and they needed secondary help. So, I mean, Jalen Ramsey fits the bill. Now, the interesting thing is going to be to see, like you said, he's wanting a new deal. When it comes time to cut that check, what do they do? Right. Like, is this a one-year rental because they think that they're going to make a run in another Super Bowl? Or is this a um, or is this a long-term investment where, like you said, they got rid of Aqib Tlaib and they're going, you know, because that check that they're going to have to write him is going to be pretty big. And they just paid their quarterback not too long ago. So, I mean, eventually the musical chair is going to run out and somebody's not going to get paid. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so... That we, you got that situation with the with the LA Rams, and we got a couple of other minor minor trades. The, the pick, the not the Pittsburgh Steelers. The um, oh, I never said what felt about the Cowboys trade. So um, I think Michael Bennett helps because he can play inside or outside, and really our biggest weakness has been our D tackles. Um, the biggest problem with Michael Bennett is going to be his temperament. Like, is he going to be able to? I mean, he's not going to shut up because that's not his personality. <laughs> so lame. Like, he's not going to be quiet. So, uh, Jason Garrett can go ahead and hang them dreams up of having somebody who he can control and tell him what to say and how to feel and all this type of stuff. But is he going to have a chip on his shoulder to prove people wrong? And is he going to be, you know, it's a relatively low-risk move because he, he doesn't really have off-the-field concerns unless you count the whole anthem thing. Um, Which like, I don't. But, like, he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't have a drug problem. He's not really, you know, going to get in trouble with the law or anything like that other than that little kerfluffle he had when he was in Seattle. So, I mean, it's a really low-risk move because, I mean, aside from aside from uh, Tom Brady, how many six-round picks can you name? And I don't even know if you if you saw, the Cowboys already have restructured his deal, and so he basically just a one-year rental because he's going to be a free agent next season. So, mm-hmm. they're going all in. The uh, – the, New England Patriots, they made a trade. They ended up losing Josh Antonio Gordon. Brown. And I didn't well, Josh Gordon, I wouldn't I didn't even mean him, but I got it's some I want to say something interesting about Josh Gordon because I didn't even know this is possible. Before we get to him, they traded for Muhammad Sanu. And another trade I want to mention was, like I said, it was it was a little trade, but Leonard Williams, he's a defensive lineman. He got traded from the Jets to the Giants. But, okay, let's go back to these Patriots right quick. And I'm mad that the LeBron quick not here because, like, I feel like the Patriots be inventing rules or, like, like they be finding all the small print rules in the rule book. But I did not know that you can literally put a, a player on IR to release him. What? Yeah. What? 
like the IR designated to return thing just started like two years ago. And so Josh Gordon apparently got put on IR and then it was apparently temporary IR and he got released from the team. The, I think it was yesterday and then he got picked up by the Seattle Seahawks. And so I'm so confused because IR means you can't play. So is he only going to play for the Seattle Seahawks now? Like I'm so confused. Like what? I mean, here's the thing. is just that Belichick has no life. Like, I know that he's a granddad and all this other type stuff, but Belichick is like the biggest football nerd that there's ever been. Like, I'm pretty sure Belichick's idea of a good time is, oh, I can go home and watch film that I want to watch now instead of film I have to watch. Boy. Or like, I can go home and uh, stu- and make up some new plays or something. So, I'm pretty sure it might not be Belichick now. They probably got somebody who does it for him cause he, so he don't have to do it. But I'm pretty sure the Patriots have somebody, uh, and it's either Belichick or somebody else who literally, whenever they bring up new rules, sits there and reads through it. Like that one guy who actually reads through the terms and conditions before he actually clicks on the button. <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, you do this, this, and this. <laughs> like, like, bruh. <laughs> like, I didn't even know, like, that was possible. So, yeah, they got they got that going on. And apparently, I hadn't heard nothing, but apparently I heard that, that Belichick was getting – annoyed with Josh Gordon's work ethic and apparently he was like late to some meetings or something so he was like yeah go to IR get out the team like again I didn't know that was possible but whatever it's the Patriots I mean it's that like people laugh at it but the Patriots way thing is the truth because like you're not performing or you're not completely 100% bought into what they selling they'll get you up out of there real quick by any means necessary whether he got to trade you and take less than he want or whether he got to you know uh release you or whatever he got to do he gets you up out of there if you're not doing uh what he think you need to be doing want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of the seven straight podcast we appreciate you for rocking rocking with us and hopefully after the long layoff you you like the podcast you had some good laughs we you learned something and go go ahead and get you a popeye's chicken sandwich and listen to the podcast <laughs> Don't forget, you can follow the podcast or you can find the podcast on our Set Em Straight Facebook page. And until next week, holla! Oh, I did want to put in, before we get out of here, I did want to put in one quick plug. Tomorrow, um, which whenever you listen to this, I don't know how quickly we're going to get it out. but Yeah, so don't say tomorrow. What's the actual date? The actual date is November the 2nd is the big Extra Life event. For those of you who don't know what Extra Life is, it's a big uh, charity which a lot of gamers get together and play games. I'm gonna be participating in a 24, actually with uh, Daylight Savings Time, 25 hour gaming marathon, um, which all proceeds go to Children's Miracle Network. Um, If you go to extralife.com, you'll find out more information. The group I'm in is DFW Gaming Village, that's Dallas-Fort Worth Gaming Village, and you just look for my name, Joshua Scribner, I'll probably put out a post on one of my two socials, but if you have any spare uh, change rolling around, if you have anything that you'd like to donate, uh, we have a 24-hour stream that's going to be going, we're going to be playing games, it's for a really good cause, Children's Miracle Network, so once again, it's called Extra Life. Uh, you can search it. There'll be all types of streams on Twitch. I'm sure we're gonna be on Twitch, so uh, definitely do that. And you said there's go- you're gonna be put out uh, some links on your two social. Obviously, I'm assuming one of them is Facebook, where your name is Joshua Scribner. But what is your Twitter handle? Twitter handle is jscrib325. That is J S C R I B three two five. 
Until next week, holla! Hey.